Hello and welcome to The Gist. I'm your host, Chris Petrano, here every week to break down all the things that are happening in pop culture and interviewing the people that make it pop. Today, I've got a guest who won our hearts at the age of 16 on season seven of American Idol, went on to become a multi-platinum selling artist. His single, Crush, debuted at number two on the Billboard Hot 100, and his latest pop singles, I'm Yours and Afraid to Love, are catapulting his career once again. I'm thrilled to have him on today, so please welcome David Archuleta. Hey, David. Hey, Chris. How are you doing? Doing great, thanks. Good, good. Well, thank you for coming on. You have obviously had this insane journey since the Battle of the Davids went down on season seven of American Idol. I don't even know where we are now, season like 20-something, I think. Um, But there's so much that I want to talk to you about, about your story. Uh, But before we do, just take me back. You were 16 on American Idol, the biggest show really at the time in the world. Um, What was that experience like, like for you? It was... I mean, it was a lot, to be honest. It was uh, kind of like being thrown through like some kind of machine that just pulls at you from this way and that way and makes you learn a lot really fast, Give, puts you in front of a lot of people really quickly. And um, it it was pretty intense, I, I will say. But yeah. it's it was also a really great experience because it's what – gave me the exposure to who still follows me to this day. A lot of them have followed since then and, and people who've joined along the way in addition to that. But like, um, yeah, I feel like it was like the singing boot camp in a sense. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, at the time too, you, um, you were runner up on the show, but at the time it really didn't matter because, um, you know, Idol was so big. And so you ended up, as we said, your debut single crush debuted at number two on the billboard hot 100. And that's like pretty unusual for any kind of artist. So as you mentioned there, you had this built in following as you started your career and, you know, how involved were you, given that you were so young, in that first record? Did you get to pick songs or was it kind of all yeah. done for you as the season was kind of progressing? Um, it happened so fast. And we were also, you know, the season finale happened and then the American Idol tour. So basically, I mean, they would show me songs. I would be able to say, yeah or no. Yeah. I want to do it. No, I don't. Some of the songs I still had to do anyway, um, regardless of my opinion. Um, But I was also able to write a couple of the songs on the album. There's one called A Little To Not Over You, for example, uh, that I released as like a follow-up single after Crush. Mm -hmm. Didn't have nearly as much of the impact that Crush did. Um, Crush was an amazing song. And and, and I... I, a little too not over you did really well in Asia. So <laughs> it was, well, um, when I go over there, like everyone's singing along, I'm like, okay, that's cool. Cause yeah. Well, that's awesome. Well, yeah. I mean, crush still slays today. It's still on regular rotation in my house. So I mean, oh, it's definitely, fun. it's definitely one, uh, for the ages. So, um, it was, it was a great first single, um, but, you know, do you keep in touch? We've had a couple of American Idol contestants on the show in the past, and it seems as though a lot of them feel like, you know, they 
made like friends that became like family to them. They keep in touch. Do you keep in touch with any of your past uh, idol contestants? Or again, you were kind of like the young one of the group, but um, is, was there any connections made that you still keep in touch? Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, the Super Bowl just happening, David Cook, who won my season was, Mm -hmm. is from Kansas city and he was a big Chiefs fan. And so when the Chiefs win, I'll usually send him a message. I did last night saying, hey, congrats <laughs> to your team. <laughs> nice. Nice. Um, that's just one thing I still remember about him, just all the sports teams he loved from yeah. over there. And uh, Brooke White, she and I, since we yeah. both grew up in the same religion as Mormons, yeah. we had we really bonded because being a Mormon and ex, an ex, like a really – conservative, devout Mormon, you feel like the world is dangerous. And of course, when I was a 16, 17 year old um, Mormon who just like walked out of Utah Mm -hmm. onto national TV, I felt like everything was very unsafe. So Brooke White, who was in the top five of my season, was a very safe person. I I can touch with Ramiel, who else? Ramiel and Carly Smithson. I just saw David Hernandez. Um, a week and a half ago, I hadn't seen him in like a decade, but, um, I saw him at one of the Grammy events. And so it's just fun because you have, it was a very unique time. It was a very, it's a very interesting position to be in on American Idol in front of so many people. So you, it, it does feel like a family, like even though you go off and grow up and do your own things and start your own lives and careers, when you see each other, there's just kind of like this, oh my gosh, like it, uh, when there was an interview that Fantasia was doing with Jennifer Hudson on the J head show uh-huh. where they were just bonding, like people were able to see, they didn't even have to talk too much. Everyone could see the c- connection in their eyes of yeah. what they had to go through on the show together. And I, it's just, I feel like it's that each, each season yeah. has its own family, even though I, I feel like Jordan Sparks, even though she was on the season before me, Right. I still feel like as if she were on my season because she was my age when she was on the show. So we had a lot of unspoken connection going on there. And and so Jordan's another yeah. person I still keep in touch with. Amazing. Yeah. I mean, I love that, you know, you have that support system and, and even, you know, today as you're releasing new music and putting stuff out, it's like great that you can still have them to support you and, and continue to follow the journey. You mentioned, um, you know, your time and your faith was a big part of your story on American Idol. And obviously, you know, over the last few years, you've come out uh, that you left the church and uh, what you called like a faith crisis. What what sort of led you to do that and come forward? Because I know that especially in the Mormon community, it's very difficult to sort of come out and say anything against it. So what kind of gave you that strength to do that? Well, I'm actually, well, interesting. I'm, I've, one of the things I've been doing lately is writing a book about all mm-hmm. this whole journey. So I, I'm going into a lot of the detail with that. It's been a little tricky to kind of dig in when you've, you feel like you've moved on <laughs> and moved forward, mm-hmm. having to go back to life and the process, it kind of makes you go back into that mindset, yeah. which has been tricky, but I think it'll be really good to kind of walk people through that, all of that journey of what it's growing up Mormon, being on American Idol, suddenly being in front of a lot of people while being very devout, and then um, going through the process of coming out 
in a position where you're a public Mormon figure. Yep. So I've, I've been riding away. I've, I've done like nine or 10 chapters already so far. So um, I'm excited to just delve a little more into detail about it um, and help people understand it's especially for more for people who are on the conservative side of life and on values and beliefs. Uh, my goal is to help people understand from like a, a fellow person who also grew up very conservative and devout right. to their beliefs. A, a lot of conservatives feel like it's a, it's almost like you're doing something at them, like mm-hmm. doing something offensive towards them as if you're like trying to shove it in their face or be rebellious, trying to upset them. And it's like, you know, it's here's, here's a perspective of, of my journey and why I decided to make the choices I have and to come out and hopefully writing the book will help people understand why this is such a a crucial moment. I I have been pretty open about some of the low points that I was at before I came out. And even after coming out, um, there's a lot to process. Um, Since even when I was on Idol, like there was, when I was on American Idol was the same year that Prop 8 was going on. And Mm Uh, there's the conversation has become so much, there, there's been so much progress made with people being willing to listen, which I, I feel like I was really, I don't know what it would have been like coming out back then versus now, but I, anyway, I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> I feel like the bear is staring at me, by the way, but I'm like, I keep making eye contact with the bear behind you. <laughs> Actually, when I, when I needed you to repeat what you were saying, it was because I was like, that bear is staring deep into my soul. I feel <laughs> never yes. thought I could get this intimate with the bear. So, <laughs> well, uh, it's Bariana Grande is its name. So, Bariana uh, Grande. <laughs> so uh, he, he, he joins the interviews. Uh. Um, no, I mean, I think that it, it makes sense what you're saying. And like, you know, obviously I know you've got your memoir coming and you're going to tell kind of the full story. You also were recently, uh, you were on The Masked Singer um, and you told a lot of your story there too about coming out and, um, you know, the finale was like quite emotional um, and, yeah, uh, and you, and you continuing to tell your story there. I mean, when you, cause you talk about coming out and like being in the public eye, I can tell you that coming out is hard to do anyways. It's a hard decision to make, especially when you've got faith and you've got family that feel certain beliefs and like there's always kind of this tricky thing about coming out, but to do it publicly in the way that you have, and also given some of your religious ties and things, I can't imagine that this was an easy decision. Was there something that sort of helped you or was there somebody that maybe helped you along your way to say, I can do this and I can be myself so that I can truly live my authentic life in front of everybody? Yeah, I feel like it's you find like a, a, a network, you find a team of people yep. to surround yourself around. And some of those people you have to almost create, like you have to create that network of people from some of the people you already know, probably having to educate them some family members, you know, that grew up devout and very religious. Suddenly you're having to kind of like with the book, the 
what I was talking about, hopefully accomplishing in the book and some of the things you share with people to help them see things differently. I had to have those same conversations with my family, with my friends, because they feel like, well, out of love, I'm going to tell you that you're wrong, but in a loving way, because I want you to be okay. I want you to be happy. And, and I'm worried that this choice you're making of coming to terms with your sexuality, not being straight, I feel like can be harmful for you. So you have to help them understand, like, this is why I feel like this is the best, this is the healthiest decision I can make in my life. And yeah. once they understand why, and it makes, it makes sense to them and you help clear some of the, the rumors or the misconceptions, once you get those out of the way, then you can have some really great support system from people who you thought couldn't be there, weren't going to be there for you at first. But it, yeah. it's a lot of hard conversations to do that. And, and then you just find people as you like open up to one person, then to another. So usually that's when people start introducing you to other safe places. And so mm-hmm. You have to be willing to speak up to someone, even if it's not in your immediate circle. Like if you don't feel like you can trust anyone in your immediate circle, then I would say find someone who is from work or maybe they're, they know someone who has related to a queer person that they can open up to because they feel like there won't be as much of a blow. There won't be as much judgment. And um, you start finding other queer people who can help you say like, hey, you can live a happy life, a healthy life. Um, you can still find love. You can still find acceptance and wonderful relationships, even being out as a person of the LGBTQ plus community. Yeah. As someone who, you know, as I said, Crush is still in my regular rotation. So obviously a fan of yours for a long time. I I feel as though with this new music, I'm yours is like also now in my regular rotation. I love Aww. the song. I love the video. Thank you're you. serving us looks, you're serving us dance, <laughs> you're giving us you're giving us like some real bops. But um Thank you. I feel as though that also feels really authentic to maybe who you are. Do you feel like this sound that you're putting out now and that you've been working on is really representative of who you maybe have always been and now you're getting to actually showcase that through this music? I feel like it's more showing like another side of me, another part of me that like opening up a part of me that I felt like I had to keep closed this my whole life. Mm-hmm. But uh, I love heartfelt music that you can just really sing and storytell in, but I also love to dance. And I've, I never felt like I was able to make music that can make you move before. And now I can, which is really nice. And I'm writing both types, right? Currently mm-hmm. I've been writing a book and writing new music and there's more of like this singer songwritery side coming out. And then there's also just the fun dance stuff. Cause I love, I, like I said, just both things make me feel good in different ways. And yeah. now I'm like, okay, well, what am I supposed to be? Like, I'm, is there like a good common ground? Like, or just do I just do both and see which one sticks with people more? Or, I have no idea. Honest, honestly, I feel kind of lost as an artist right now. But I'm still writing. I'm, I'm writing a bunch. I'm writing yeah. again after this and just seeing, okay, this feels, I don't know. I feel like I've always been so indecisive, like <laughs> about everything in my life. I mean, even my sexuality, but it's, everything's been so indecisive. I can never, because I keep considering all the options. And that's not the best when you're trying to just move forward, pave a path, make an album, (laughs) just stick to something. I'm like, but what about this? But what if I like, I don't know. It's 
Yeah. I mean, I think that like, you know, as, as someone that just, you know, told you the I'm yours afraid of love. I mean, these songs sound really authentic. Like it sounds like this, like version of David Archuleta that like we haven't seen a lot of because we know that you're a very talented vocalist. We know that you could do singer songwriter. We know that you could do ballads. We, and we love those things as fans of yours. But I think also knowing that you're doing something really like showing off the dance is like, just be authentic. Like, don't worry about what of picking which side you want to go to, or if you should do a singer songwriter journey or do this other thing, just do what feels right to you because that's what is resonating, at least from my perspective. So what if the authentic me is all over the place? And great. Yeah, that's it's a- hard to market that. It's hard to market something that's all over the place because then people yeah. don't know how to follow follow you really. Yeah. So how I feel. Yeah. That, that's I mean, my frustration. I'm like, I feel like I'm being authentic, trying a bunch of different things, but it doesn't feel cohesive. But then I'm like, well, I'm not really a cohesive person in general. Yeah. One of my very good friends is also an artist. I, actually, you guys spent New Year's Day together, Cassidy Pope. Um, oh, she, yeah. She uh, she was the maid of honor in my wedding. We're no very way. close. Oh, my and, gosh. Uh, she, she, you know, goes through a lot of the same things you do. You know, she came off of this show. She had this background in kind of punk pop. And then she got off the show, was like in the country world, and then you know, wanted to kind of like be more authentic to her, but then it was like, where do I go? And how do I like make it sound like one thing? And, you know, I I get it. Like as an artist, you have a lot of options. And also the way that people consume music now is so different than even when you released your first record is like, now it's so single driven and you can really kind of like put out whatever it is you want with a click of a button. Mm -hmm. Um, but to kind of resonate, obviously you have to go viral and you have to do all of these things for people to like think of it as a success. So I get that it's a it's a difficult um, a difficult task you have in front of you. So you mentioned writing. Um, so does that mean that you're working on a like full album to go along with the kind of first three songs that you've released? Yeah. I, oh, you know, I didn't even think about the three songs I've already released. That they're not on an album. Um, <laughs> I was I've been writing as if I was like starting fresh, uh, and those were just kind of like, well, let's see how these feel. Uh, it was it was like I've never done this before, like more up tempoy dance ish. Yeah, let's see how people respond to it. And yeah. as I said, I, I've really been into going to like EDM shows, so that's been influencing a lot of what I've been writing lately, but as well as like some of the TikTok songs that are just really mm-hmm. intimate or the, someone's like, you see a video come up on your for you page and it says, I wrote the song about this one time when I did, you know, like I grew up with, I grew up very religious and da, 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 like Maddie Zom, who I love. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'm like, Oh my gosh, this really brings true to me. I want to write a song like that. So I've been writing stuff that's like EDM-y. <laughs> influenced and then other songs that are influenced by these tiktokers and i'm like okay these are two quite different worlds so let me see how i can do both find a happy medium to make it all come together and like how is this all gonna be on one album i don't know i guess maybe the edm stuff like see if a dj would want to feature me on a song that i wrote and um there you go but i you know I, i think of sam smith where sam smith perfect example yeah he's known for songs like Stay with me, mm-hmm. ballad esque, soaring vocals, stripped track. But then you have Latch that he did with Disclosure, 
That's yep. just like a bop. And then you've also got like, how do you sleep that he did with Max? Was it Max Martin? Also another dancey song. And then he got unholy, but then you've got like yeah. um, way too good at goodbyes. And I know I'm not the only one. So I'm like, I want to do that. Like, how do I do that? <laughs> I, yeah, I need well, to figure that out. Yeah. Well, he's made it work. And, you know, I think that, you know, there's a lot of artists out there that that do have various sounds and they sort of evolve. I think like you could do the Sam Smith thing very well. Um, so I'm excited. I, I'm excited to hear that you're writing. There's no plans yet for a full length album though. You're just like kind of writing in the stage and then you'll kind of go from there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Got it. I will be releasing some songs before the album. Uh, again, Perfect. just to kind of like way out what people respond to. And I'm also impatient. I'm like, okay, I've had this song. I just want to get it out. (laughs) (laughs) See what people think. And and then tell the story. I mean, that's the great thing about the industry today is you can just sort of release things and and put it out in the world and and figure out the album and all that stuff later. Yeah. Um, So awesome. So you you mentioned your nine chapters in or so uh, on the memoir. Is the book something that we're going to be getting this year from you or what else is kind of like slated for you in the, in the next few months? Well, I'm still working on it. So I guess it's, we'll see how quickly that happens. Um, and so it, it it will just depend on that. I'm I'm thinking like sometime next year, but just because there's so much more, like you write it is one thing. And then everything else that the publisher has to do is, you know, a separate thing. Yeah. like a whole team of people but i'm yeah i'm i feel like it's been good so far i've so far like people have responded really well to it um had really good feedback on like the proposal that i wrote which is like a summary of the book where you mm-hmm. just kind of write like a little bit of what the book's going to be about and just it was nice to see that people who who even if they didn't really know me were still very intrigued by the story so i'm like oh okay so I'm like, okay, my friends weren't lying that I should write a book. Cause you know, you're just talking to your friends and just be like, yeah, this is what I've been going through and this is what I learned. And this is, and then they're like, you should write a book. I'm like, that's what everyone, but when you get a response from people who you don't know and are strangers and do this professionally, like book publishers and stuff. And then they're like, this is very interesting. Like what, and tell us more about this part of your story. And then what happened? And I'm like, okay, well then this and this and that. And I'm like, oh, okay. I guess maybe I am. I'm not as boring as I thought I was. Okay. <laughs> well, definitely not. Are, are you finding, or do you think that people are going to be really surprised to read kind of all the things that you're, you're sharing in this story, even though you have been very open about it? Um, yeah. I mean, there's a lot I haven't talked about, I guess, just because you think, okay, that's just, you know, it's personal life, but yeah. It's kind of like people are like, what? So I guess people will be pretty surprised, apparently, because so far they have. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. like, oh, okay. I guess that's not normal <laughs> to go through. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I'm like a little nervous to think like, okay, like what is the response? Like once you put something out there, people, you don't really have control over how people are going to respond and talk about you. But um, I feel like it'll be... I think it's like needed for me to get it all out of my system, help people know where I'm, why I am the way I am, why I function the way I do, why what I've like coming, getting to this point in my life has been so significant and why, um, how, how difficult it was to get here, I guess. Um, not, not just like coming out, um, and being where I am now personally, but also in my career, 
So yeah, like I, I I'm, I'm, I'm a little intrigued to how people will respond. Yeah. I mean, I think that it's always scary. Like we said, it's scary to come out. It's yeah. scary to put those things out in the world and you're doing it on such a public platform. But I think, um, the thing that as I keep coming back to is it, it, when it feels authentic, it's like a really captivating story. You do have a really captivating story that will probably touch a lot of people and, and resonate with a lot of people who don't have, aren't in the public eye, but might be dealing with some of the same things that you've dealt with and, and that you will give them a, a voice through writing this book. And so I think it's, um, I think it's going to be very exciting. I will obviously be very excited to read it when, when it comes out and, and learn more about your story there. Um, one of the things that we, you know, we shared on, on your upcoming or your current videos that are out is that obviously you're dancing, but I've also noticed like the style game is like very on point. Is this like David Archuleta's style or are we bringing in a stylist to put these looks together? Because I'm, I'm, I'm loving them. Thank you. Um, for, as far as like the music videos, like I, I got some, there's some things I got at like thrift stores that I used. Like I, I did hire a stylist as well. Not every look was mine, like jackets. I don't have a lot of jackets, but like short sleeve stuff. I usually have a lot more of or sweaters. But you feel really like, even though you had the stylist, they really nailed kind of your look and your aesthetic of like what you want to represent style wise. Um, for me, like usually with the stylist, I usually ask them like, help me push myself out of my comfort zone. Help me push the boundary nice. a little bit more. Um, that, that's been the goal. Even lately, like when I go to events, I'm just like, I just want to, I just want to do something different again. Like I just want to try, yeah. I want to try new things is essentially the, my goal now. I wouldn't say I'm, I'm not really stylish. I don't really other like, I, th- I think you are black and whites and creams and beiges. I wear a lot of normally. Uh, I've been trying to up it up. I'm like, I want to just be like visually fun. I want to be that. That's the yeah. goal. So I guess in, in terms of that, that, yeah, it's accomplishing the goal. Yeah. Well, it's very fun. It's very bright, a lot of colors. Um, and it's like I said, I think it's very representative of the music, which as I told you, I'm a big fan of. So um, lo- loving the style, loving the music. And like I said, I, I'm very excited to hear more of your story um, in the upcoming memoir. What else can people look forward to from you um, this year that uh, you mentioned some songs? Is there anything like very soon that we can, that we can tell folks about today or, or are we still figuring out the timelines? Um, I mean, I would say ex- expect something in soon, like springtime, springtime and summertime. Great. In the meantime, it's Valentine's Day weekend, so you've got a lot of love songs. So this is a great time for folks to to go into your back catalog and, and start listening to them now. Yeah. I mean, you know, Crush is a class. I've had so many people tell me all of their Crush stories. Like, I played this for my girlfriend when I first – when we first <laughs> were, like, expressing our feelings for each other. Like, oh, I've – played this for my fiance or my husband or whatever it's 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 fun to hear people's stories and that you can be a moment for them that will stick with them forever because that song at that moment was like this is how i feel and Mm -hmm. so i think that's pretty fun yeah 
You know, it, it's, um, you know, I, I had uh, Kimberly Locke on here. She was uh, from American Idol season two. And I think I fell in love with the eighth world wonder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good song. Amazing. If I could sing, I would sing along with you. I sing it in the in the kitchen or in the bathroom or whenever it comes on. Like if we're having drinks on a Saturday night it will definitely come on. It's another one. It's like Crush and then Eighth World Wonder. It's like we go through this rotation, but Eighth World Wonder just also had this kind of resurgence. Oh, did um, it? Yeah, it just, oh, uh, it was it was mentioned on, a, on an award show and they were, perf- the hosts were performing it and yeah, it like took off and people what, were like- What awards show? It was for, um, if you know, Lost Culturistas, the podcast, uh, Bo and Yang from Saturday Night Live and uh, Matt Rogers, they host it. And then oh they host gosh. a Lost Culturistas Awards. Uh, I think it, I think it was in LA. It might have been New York. But um, but yeah, they they it like was nominated for uh, some like amazing, like the pop song of the year or something. <laughs> and, and then it won. No and uh, she was like, yeah, it was crazy. Like all of a sudden, like everyone was listening to Eighth World Wonder again. So, That's awesome. I mean, cr- crush will just keep living on forever and and you'll keep giving us more. Um, but it's always it's always fun to like have one of those songs that like people are just going to come back to over and over and over years later. Yeah. Um, well, awesome. Well, I, I know that you're going to write and you're going to get going, but I'm so glad that we got to chat today and you know that you shared some of your story but also just wanted to like bring you on what we do at the gist is we want to tell the stories of pop culture past present and future and i think you're very representative of all of those things you were part of a huge pop culture moment with american idol and obviously your story continues and and everything that you're going to give us soon so i really appreciate having you but before you go can you share with uh the with the listeners where can they keep up with you where are you spending your time on all the many social platforms today, how can they stay in touch with David Archuleta? Yes. Um, you can go to, oh, sorry, I'm looking at a squirrel. There's like the, and he's, his tail's just going, I'm like, so I get so distracted. All the animals today of the bear, the squirrel, um, I mean, Bariana, I should say, but, um, so you could follow me on Instagram and TikTok. I would say those are where I'm most active. And they're both David Archie. Uh, Twitter X is the same threads. And um, what else? Facebook, just David Archuleta. But look for the blue check mark because there are a lot of fake fake profiles yes. saying, hello, my fan. Let me message you directly. I need money <laughs> for this fundraiser charity. Can you send me $50? Or I don't know, things like that. Not no, me. No. Not me. Yeah. Never, <laughs> so, never give David Archuleta money unless you're supporting his music at his shows. Yeah. But if someone's asking, if David Archuleta asks you for money online, don't, don't, don't please don't give him any. It's, it's not, it's not some like s- surprise meet and greet that I'm giving you a special on. No, it's, yeah. It, that would only be it's, on davidarchuleta.com with one T. Yes. But uh, yes. yeah. You can follow me. Most of the places are David Archie, David, D-A-V-I-D-A-R-C-H-I-E. Not like a Y with the David Archie underwear. <laughs> One of my friends had, he's like, my underwear says David Archie on it. I'm like, oh, <laughs> that's fine. Well, you should do a collab. I know I should. 
Bye.